your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Your home of the fans. WXDXFM, Pittsburgh. You just made the list. I wrote a blog about that at the SchultzFord.com website. Check that out. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Hayward and Tewitt have mostly been invisible this year. They've not played... I don't want to say they've not played well because defensive end... It is a hard position to break down in a 3-4. I will say they've not played very productively, and Hayward, of course, has been among the Steelers' sack leaders in years past. He's not getting that done so far this year. I don't know if more snaps would help, but the way things are going for that D, they certainly wouldn't hurt. I want to talk Penguins more than anything. We've got Colby Armstrong at 5-15. That'll be next segment. Here's a Penguins roster note. Uh, the Penguins have assigned goaltender Tristan Jari to Wilkes-Barre Scranton. I'm sure that's very disappointing to him, but Casey DeSmith had a pretty good camp. I think Casey DeSmith's a better stopper of the puck, a better goaltender than Tristan Jari. Tristan Jari's bigger, and that does matter, but uh, I have no problem with that decision. We talked about Tanger and his couple goals last night. Gensel had a couple goals too. He's sneaky. He's a little guy, but he finds those cracks in tight and knows where to be and what to do. He's a coach's kid, and you can tell by watching Jay Gensel that he's a coach's kid. Very, very cerebral. Uh, we were talking about that uh, tweet by Billick that ridiculed the Indianapolis Colts defense for doing an elaborate celebration after getting a turnover when they were down 14 points in the third quarter at New England. And then some bozo that's a guard for the Colts, tackle whatever, Denzel whoever, went on Twitter and attacked Billick and said, you got to have fun. It's all about fun. When you're getting your ass whipped at Foxborough, it's happened to the Steelers before. It's just... Not fun. The NFL is about the swag, not the score. That's why should all we all should watch hockey. Uh, somebody just tweeted me, I don't think the Pens would ever do that. No, the Pens just raise their sticks, then go to the bench, and everybody high-fives everybody. And I have no problem with that. I don't know why, in football, fans seem to like it when the players basically make an ass of themselves by way of excessive celebration. Almost none of them are funny. Tell me one memorable Steeler celebration since they reinstated celebration beyond the hide-and-seek one, which was only okay for me. Mostly it's just dumbness. Mostly the guys celebrating look stupid. Especially if you're down 14 nothing at New England and the hay is pretty much in the barn. 
333-9939, the number to call. What about Hayward and Tewitt being sat 25% of the time on the bench for 25% of the defensive snaps by way of rest, by way of saving them, saving them for the fourth quarter and for later in the season? If that ever was a good idea, it doesn't strike me as a good idea right now with the Steelers' season hanging by a thread. Play your best players all the time. Jerry Dulac talked about that, about the Dunbar decision to not play those guys 25% of the snaps. And uh, not that I didn't believe Jerry, but but a Steelers source told me since that is Dunbar's decision, the defensive line coach, in his first year. Not Keith Butler, but Carl Dunbar. It's just a bad idea. It just doesn't make any sense at all to me. I was watching playoff baseball for a bit, but the Astros got way out in front of Cleveland. You know what I always freeze on? I was just trying to think who the Astros were playing, and I always think of them as a National League team for a second before realizing they've switched to the American League. They're the only team that's been in the World Series representing each league. Which, over the long haul, if your franchise isn't deplorable, I'm not saying it's inevitable that would happen, but it's it's very likely. But uh, they were obliterating Cleveland 4 nothing, 5 nothing at some point. So I switched over to soccer, English Premier League, Friday night football. Brighton and Hove Albion won, West Ham United nil, and that wasn't very exciting either. I'm really wound up for Liverpool and Manchester City on Sunday. I'll be watching that on the computer on the dock of the Gateway Clipper while doing the uh, ex-Steelers pregame show. That should be very exciting to say nothing of nerve-wracking. Let's go to Mark on the road. Mark, you're on with Double M. Hey, um, Steelers celebration. Okay. Got a love and stupid as hell, but when Antonio Bryan wrapped himself around the the Goalpost. Yeah. That was the funniest and stupidest thing. Yeah. You see, I don't mind the celebrations (laughs) if you're winning. Yeah. Or if it's tied, or if you are behind by three and the score draws you close. But for the Colts defense to do that group portrait, Don 14 in the third quarter after playing like crap the whole game, that shows why the NFL is so irritating. And it is. Let me tell you, I'm at the point where. I don't think the NFL is ever going to lose a significant share of its audience because of gambling and fantasy football, but I think that's the only thing getting a lot of fans to hang in there. How about you? I agree, and I think the celebrations are the worst thing that they could have. Oh, I don't have a problem with them as long as 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 the celebration takes place when it's an appropriate time for actually celebrating as opposed to down two touchdowns in the third quarter at New England. Up next, it's the best hockey talk in town. He is a media celebrity in Canada, and here too, kind of, now that he's on this show. He is a beer league champion. He is the former National Hockey League player. It's Colby Armstrong. Oh, by the way, the Indy Star has a headline, 
People aren't fans of Colts interception celebration. Well, of course they're not. If you're a fan of the team that's getting its ass kicked and you see your players inappropriately celebrating when they're getting their ass kicked, you're really not going to be a fan of that. But hey, fun! Let's all have fun! Life's fun! The world is fun! Army up next, 105.9. This is Oli Mata of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and you're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on the home of the Pens, 105.90X. The Penguins with a 7-6 overtime win last night against Washington at home that was somewhat off the beaten path. Joining me now to discuss a former NHL player, but a current beer league champion. You love him on the Penguins Radio Network and on AT&T Sportsnet. He is Colby Armstrong. Army, what the frig was that last night at PPG Paints Arena? It was exciting, but not exactly a festival of defense or goaltending. <laughs> it was exciting. I mean, I 10 minutes into the game or less than 10 minutes, we had five goals already. And I had people already messaging me, texting me, wow, what the heck is going on? We got a, we got a ton of goals here. I'm like, the way it was going, I te- all text back to everyone was just hang on because they're not done. Just the way it looked, like turnovers everywhere. And, and let's be honest, Mark, you've seen enough hockey to know the first week of the season, at least the first game coming out of preseason, especially now with the way the preseasons are uh, and the way it is through preseason. It's a little rusty, a little sloppy still before guys get their timing back. But, man, I don't know, maybe it's just the Caps. We've seen this these high-scoring games with them before where it's high-scoring here and low-scoring in Washington, but uh, if you paid to come to that game, you were highly entertained, but it left you a few questions in your mind if you're just sitting there going, whoa, are we going to clean this up a little bit? And I think I think they are. Like, this is just the first game. Now, it was a real excrement show, but, and I know you'll appreciate this, <laughs> 13 goals, Penguins win 7-6, six goals against. Sid was on the ice for only one goal against. He was on the ice for four goals for he was the only guy who was fundamentally signed on either team. He is just such a coach, isn't he? Yeah, he is. You know what I thought of his game last night? I thought he was solid, exactly pretty much what you're saying. Um, he created a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, I, I talked to him after the game last night. He kind of said, if that puck rolls on that first toe save by Holpe early, if that puck rolls over to his, the toe of his stick for him to slam dunk it in, it's in. Instead, it stayed on his heel when he picked that up to move to his forehand and it just stayed on his heel and dunked right into the top of his toe on Holpe's pad. Otherwise that's a goal, but he created off the wall offensively, defensively sound, creating that, uh, that goal with that stick on, I think it would believe it was Oshi where he knocked it off him um, to lead to Gensel's second goal. Uh, he was as usual in the face-off circle, solid. And uh, I thought he had first, first came, of the season, he probably should have had four or five points. Gensel as well should have probably had uh, four or five. And, um, you know, I just think both ends of the ice, as you said, were good. But I think uh, in speaking to him, he was like, man, that was <laughs> that was a crazy game. You know what? I got to share you. I got to share a story with you, Mark. You know how we sit up in that in the press box there in the Eagles perch and we watch from up there. And I, I, get, I have the opportunity to last now, starting my fourth year here, sitting next to Eddie Johnson up there, the great EJ. And he's sit, sitting there with me last night. He's a pretty animated guy. I love hearing what he has to say. He says to me, looks like tonight's going to be one of those last shots wins. Whoever gets the last shot wins. I'm like, yeah, yeah, ha, ha, Guess what? Eddie was right. Overtime. <laughs> Chris Letang, last shot wins. Eddie, 
Hockey genius. The guy's the man. Well, I said to Jim Rutherford, if, if he and EJ would have been in goal, it would have been a two-to-one game. And, and, <laughs> and Jim said, yeah, after the, after the first five minutes, which was literally true last night. And that begs the question, what was worse last night, the defense or the goaltending? I don't think Murray or Holtby covered themselves in glory, yeah. Army, but, but I thought the defense left them out to dry a lot. Oh, big time. Like, the quality scoring chances, like, they, they still had to be good. They still had to be good at times, even though considering the score was 7-6. Like, they still had to they still had to make some key saves at times in the game. Did they let in some leaky ones? Yeah, they did. And if you ask them, they got to be better, yeah, for sure. But I still think, like, the quality chances both ways for both those guys in that game, they still had to make some huge saves. Like, look at the saves. Mind you, lucky even from Holpe. Uh, that could have been. They could have been ten goals, and even going the other way. I mean, Murray had to make some some big. We, like that game could have ended eleven ten, uh, the way it was going with the turnovers on both sides. I think the turnover count, the giveaways on the stat sheet. You want to count those? I think it was like sixteen to six. Pittsburgh was sixteen. So that's correct. Yeah. So it's it's not. It wasn't the prettiest thing. And in those games, you know, there's going to be rust. I was thinking right off the start of the game. You know. If you could skate, just remind yourself, skate, skate, skate. The penguin strength, skating, moving your feet, the rest will slowly come. Uh, the timing, the rust will shake off. Um, everything will kind of come in on its own in, in its due time. But as long as you're moving your feet, you can save yourself some of the trouble. But we definitely saw some of that rust, some of that quick decision-making when guys are moving their feet and skating. And you could tell the speed had picked up from preseason quite a bit. Uh, and that forced a lot of ill decisions and a lot of turnovers on both sides. Well, again, I agree with you that in the first game, even the first week, even the best part of the first month of a new season, you're going to have yeah. uh, games like that, certainly mistakes made. But the one thing that irritated me was, and I don't mean to pick on Gino because mostly he was pretty good, but there's seven minutes left, the Penguins are up by two, and Gino throws a pass in the middle yeah. in his own end, awful turnover, 6-5, game back on. Bro, just put it up the board. Settle for winning the game. Man, that's that's straight up summer hockey right there. <laughs> that's what that's that's what that play is. I know we see Dino at times, uh, you know, with some turnovers and some creative high risk plays at times. Um, usually, uh, I, I love him. Usually, one of the most entertaining guys to watch. Oh, in me the too. NHL. I love him. But that play right there, simply hope beer league. You could call it several other things. Uh, turnover rate on the tape. and Army, you know, I, I do not believe you would make that play in beer league with the championship on the line. I've, I've made it. I've actually made it. <laughs> oh, man, that's a beer league play right there. That was awesome. But you know what? That, that, that's what you get in early, you know, first week of the season. As you mentioned, that's what you get. You watch some of these other games around the league, and you'll get plays like that. Do people hate it? Does Gino probably go, what the heck was I doing? You bet he does. But uh, that's, that's the rust. That's the brain uh, trying to catch up to the rest of the play uh, and also making a little hope play at the same time. We're talking to Colby Armstrong here on the home of the Penguins, 105.9 The X. How about those new boards? New boards, oh, big ricochets, man. and extremely lively when you rim the puck. It's the only time I ever saw the puck go faster when you rimmed it. It would, like, get momentum, and I don't know how, but it did. Yeah, I heard you ask the question in the post game last night to the coach uh, Sullivan, and it's a good question because the the practice before on Thursday they practiced down at PPG Paints, and right before practice started, I was sitting there having a coffee. He called everyone in. He said, "Pay attention, guys." He dumped 
four pucks in and had one of the players rim a puck around as well to see how fast it rims on the on the on the dasher on the bottom and how hard it comes off the boards. I mean, look at look at the goal and the one turnover. I forget who scored it on the Olimata kind of in the neutral zone. He hit the boards, kicked so hard to the side, and even talking to some of the players. They, usually the puck will go in and you can kind of time it if it's ahead of you and guide yourself into it to pick it up. That puck was coming out and it's, it's you know, we see some of these bounces and some, you know, minor hockey rinks around and it's, it was, it was, it, it was like that. It'll take time for guys to get used to it. It'll take time, um, you know, for guys around the league to get used to this new setup for whatever reason. I don't know why. There was definitely way more lively, way more speed on the rims. Uh, and that that may cause an issue here early in the season as well. Uh, right. Even on the goal, even on the goal on the back, off the backboards with Murray trying to get across, uh, you know, is a missed shot. But still, it surprises you how hard they're kicking off. Well, uh, I was told that, that the boards have more give to try to protect the players, but yeah, but but the, the so rimming does. thing is is the unusual part. Uh, Tanger early in the game, Army, I, I, the third shift it was. He chased down a puck the Caps rimmed, and he looked like a cat chasing a marble around the bathtub. The puck just kept moving faster and faster, and Tanger could skate. He just couldn't catch up. Now, was Tanger good last night, or was he bad? He certainly finished strong. Yeah, you know what? I thought he was pretty solid. I thought, uh, obviously, the offense is great for him, especially early in the... Well, just like I thought he played a bad first 10 minutes and then really regrouped. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I thought he was, uh, you know, one of the bright spots on the team. Not only his offense and the game winning goal, but I think he, his skating, his, he didn't hesitate on plays. I thought he was involved. I thought he was solid defensively. Um, you know, I, I'm, what I saw from him in the preseason was, you know, a, a player that looked refreshed and ready to restart. And I think what we saw last night in his first game of the season, yeah, offense is a great thing to have, especially on that power play for him, working the top. I thought he was very active on the blue line, too. He looked fake shot, stepping, walking, looking off guys, great passes. Um, you know, he, he brought seven different kinds of smoke to the table last night in some parts of his game, and um, I think he can only have something to build off with that. That confidence can go a long way for a player like him. Are the Pens and Caps the two best teams in hockey? Because it's probably been like that for the last three or four years. Yeah, well, especially in the East. I think, what is it, Toronto? Lots to be made of Toronto. I mean, we could pick apart some of the things that uh, we don't like about them, but, and Tampa Bay. I think it's those four teams that, you know, seem to garner the attention of being the best teams in the league, uh, at least in the, uh, anyways, the East anyways. Uh, but the way the Caps possess the puck, I mean, at times last night, I think it goes a long way to show how much one game can do for you uh, in that rust factor and, and shaking off the cobwebs of, of uh, camp hockey and preseason. Uh, but the, the way they, they play, the way they carry themselves, the confidence they have, the poise they have on pucks, um, and, the, and the heaviness to their game. Like some of their guys, like even TJ Oshie, for example, a guy that I really noticed obviously last night on pucks physically, he's tough to play against. But a lot of their guys possess those abilities and down low in the corners, and they come through with speed and they have skill and they can execute. Um, and if you're going to turn the puck over like last night, man, they made, they made the Penguins almost pay more than they had to, enough to separate the gap on them. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be – that's going to be uh, games that's going to be must-watch TV all season long. And I'm sure everyone, after game one only, was licking their chops to say, can they meet in the playoffs again? And I'm sure they will. Now, we haven't talked to you since Tom Wilson got the uh, 20-game suspension. What's your take on that? Too long, too short, or just right? 
Well, four suspensions in 105 games. Um, you know, I like Tom Wilson. I like I, I like the way he plays. Um, uh, I think he's valuable to that team in the way that they play and playing on the top line. Now, you you cross the line that many times. Uh, you're out to hit guys. You know, obviously to inflict pain and hurt guys which you know i did myself like you're not going to hit a guy to separate him from the puck sometimes you're going to make him pay and that's just how it is sometimes but with the new rules and the way it's implemented and you get suspended four times in 105 games something has to give some message has to be sent i thought it would be 12 games probably to be honest with you but um you know obviously he's appealing his suspension now through the nhlpa and the players association We'll see where, where, where that leads. But uh, 20 games is a message to this player. I don't think it's a message to the rest of the league because I think everyone kind of gets, you know, where it's at. And in general, we'll understand the suspensions or, you know, they're usually four games or five games. But, you know, this certain player and Tom Wilson, they felt that they had to lay the hammer down, and they did with a big $1.2 million fine and a 20-game suspension. Well, well, you see, my 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 thing is... I think the NHL suspended it because they think Wilson's making a fool with him because in addition to those four suspensions in a very short span, he had that hit on Dumoulin in the playoffs yeah. last year, the hit on Wenberg that very easily could have been suspended. Uh, so I think after the Aston Reese hit where he did get suspended and then he didn't dial it back at all, I think they felt taken advantage of and showed up. And, and mind you, that was in the playoffs too, right? That suspension. So think of that. Think of the Aston Reese suspension in the in the uh, regular season. What the what that would have been on that hit, and and you know they're going to take less games in the in the in the postseason. Um, it's it's just a fact they will, and you know so you you got to add games to that in general. So maybe we were already at that number at that number ten games. You know maybe that was it for him, and this was the the final straw. But he's a guy that plays the line, Mark. He's a guy that people love to hate, and he's a guy that their teammates love. They defend him. They stick up for him. Uh, they, they think he's valuable to their team, and now they're all um, having to live without him now for 20 games. We'll see what the appeal brings, but 20 games without his services um, and 20 games with them going, okay, next time this happens, man, like they'll be hoping and praying every time he's on the ice that, that nothing's going to happen. But it's hard to tame him. What do you think, like? You know, I know. Ask Mark. Anything's coming up. Can you tame <laughs> a beast? Can you tame a beast? Like no, well, that? Army, I'm I'm a little uh, I'm a little more against this stuff than you are. I'd, I'd have suspended yeah. him for forty games, but Whoa. but it it's odd because I was surprised they suspended him for twenty, given the way the league operates. It still felt like it was wasn't enough. You see, because really? like like I keep emphasizing, Army, a guy who throws a hit like that is one inch away in some cases. One bit of bad luck away from being run up for manslaughter. And the more hits like that occur, the more likely that is to eventually happen. And you know what it is, Mark? I'll say this. Anyone that throws a hit now is in that situation because as we saw also with Sunquist and the people complaining, oh, no, there's a guy in a vulnerable position. When you know damn well you're cutting through the center of the ice on the trolley tracks. Uh, you know, <laughs> put yourself in a vulnerable, vulnerable position knowing that Tom Wilson is on the ice and putting yourself there. We've all learned now that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, if you have the puck, you are protected. You are always and forever in a vulnerable position, and everyone has to face the fact that you can't hit anyone 
anymore or risk the uh, risk the chance. Of well, not hit him in the head anyway. Well, you never know what can happen. That's what I'm saying. You never know the way a guy can turn. You never know what can happen. Uh, and that's just the way it is now. And, and, you know, there's lawsuits. There's lots on the line for the league. And there's lots on the line, obviously, with players' health. And we know more now. And that's the way it is. So, I mean, it's, it, it's just the way it is. Look at it in football right now. And, and finally, and I will take your opinion on this as absolute gospel army. Okay. At what point should you not celebrate a goal? Because Lars <laughs> celebrated his 7 nothing goal against Boston a little too uh, lustily, and Marshawn beat him up. So I'll say this. They shouldn't, he shouldn't even went by the bench at 7 nothing. You go line back up. I played with Lars Eller in Montreal. I like him. Great guy. I think he's, he's turned into a heck of a player there in Washington and a big part why they won the Cup. Whipping your uh, wrist around, twirling the terrible towel type of move, <laughs> going by the bench, 7 nothing. And guess what? No one else came and beat him up. No one else came and grabbed him and thumped him. But Marchand, he's not a tough guy. He's the best, one of the best players on their team and one of the best in the league. And absolutely tap danced on him. And guess what? Hockey's back, and I love it. <laughs> Dude, he thumped him. He got him with two square shots right in the temple. Oh, my. And in slow motion, it looks really bad. But, yeah, you know what? <laughs> The little ball of hate grabbed him and taught him a lesson. So we'll see. He's got. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen next game. You might want to think about it next time, Lars. Army, great stuff. We'll do it again next week, and I'll see you tomorrow night. All right, buddy. Yep, sounds good. See you at the game. That's Colby Armstrong. Uh, what great hockey talk! I'll tell you what. Our Friday show between Wolf for football and Army for hockey, it is not to be beat. I, I want more of your reaction to last night's Penguins game. I also want, here, here's a cliched question we probably could have ridden all week, but we were too busy with, what's Bell going to do? Should they bring Bell back? What's the story with Bell? Who's better, Julio Jones or Antonio Brown? Because I think AB's better. I think every coach would take Julio Jones. 412-333-WXDX. Word weekend. From the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer Weather Center. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan, big fan. Hashtag best in the world. You are the super genius. <laughs> I'll say. And then some. The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. Um, more reaction at Penguin game, too. Uh, you can compare A.B. to Julio Jones. I think A.B.'s better. I think more coaches would take Jones. That game Sunday for the Steelers is absolutely must win. If they don't win, they're done. And I will stick the knife in and turn it, in case you're wondering. If they do happen to lose on Sunday to Atlanta. Also, how amazing, in a very small way, because he had two assists, but how amazing was Sid last night? He was on the verge, like Army said, of a four- or five-point night. He made that great... Passed the Gensel coming late that Holtby made the best save of the night on. He got robbed by Holtby, toe save, breakaway, second best save of the night. And Army talked to Sid. You heard uh, that, that Sid said, if that puck would have just rolled to the toe of my stick, I, I bury it. And that's it. Sid knows why everything happened. And that's why in a excrement show of a game like last night was in terms of hockey fundamentals, he played his game. He maintained his fundamentals. He was on the ice for four goals for and only one goal against. Drew a penalty in overtime. Got an assist on the winning goal in overtime. And that is just so Sid. 
He's the coach on the rink. He's incredibly impactful, even when he only does get two points in a 7-6 game. And you know who's like the, the, the economy-sized version of Sid? is Gensel. And that's why they play so good together. Gensel colors inside the lines. He's a coach's kid. And his dad, I knew his dad way back when when he coached my buddy. Here, here's a small world type of story. Here's where the circle closes. Mike Gensel, Jake's dad, coached my buddy Joey Pelly from Beaver. He coached him at Omaha in the, uh, in the USHL junior hockey. And uh, Joe Pelly is now a member of Colby Armstrong's championship-winning beer league team after having played for Princeton, Division One. So, so, but, but I know Gensel, and he's a really good coach and one of those fundamentals type of guy. And you just watch his kid play. Even if you didn't know that he was a coach's kid, you'd know he was a coach's kid. And I'm a big fan of hockey fundamentals. I'm a big fan of playing the game the right way. I think there's a, a, a difference to be split when it comes to playing creatively and coloring outside the lines, if you will. But uh, but I just marveled at the at the game that line played last night. Gensel, Sid, and Hornquist. They were the only guys out there, like, like Sully likes to say, playing the game the right way. Some guys were pointedly playing the game the wrong way. Let's go to Don. Uh, excuse me, Dan in Indiana. Dan, you're on with Double M. Hey, what's up, Mark? Thanks for taking the call. Yeah, Gensel played a great game. I mean, he's no Dylan Reese, but he, he looked it out there. Yeah, Dylan Reese, say- our friend from Upper St. Clair who played in the league, played in Russia. So you, so you <laughs> dropped Jones. his name. What else you got? I got Julio Jones over AB. Just He's more physical. He's tougher to bring down. And AB, unfortunately, just become you see, a head you're, case. You're, but, well, you're talking about right now. If you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Right this second, I can't argue that too much. But uh, if you talk the last five years, who would you take based on how they played the last five years? Well, I, I still would probably take Julio. I think he's. Well, just, you, you know I what? I don't blame. To... I don't blame you for saying that. But but you based on production, you know it's not even that close. Mm-hmm. Well, it, yeah, it, it is close. But 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 AB's the winner. Let's go to Jameson on the Parkway. Jameson, tie on maybe. Hey, double M. Oh, it's not hey, tie uh, One thing, uh, Sid, you know, all the things they used to say about um, guys like Taze and Bergeron about how they do so much more that doesn't show up on a uh, score sheet, it's just crazy that I never see these national guys say the same stuff about Crosby. They mention his points, but five on five, what he does with his ball, I mean, he had a couple plays last night where he didn't even get a point, but everything that he did, Leading up to the play that scored was it dictated them getting. Dude, the I, goal. I know what you mean, but Sid gets a lot of credit. Fair, I, I know, fair. I know I'm what just, you mean. I'm just saying that I think that he, he five, I think five on five, he might be the best player that I've ever seen as far as a two way game goes. Sid might be the best five on five player ever. Um, I want to ask you if you if you, you want to rate players goal line to goal line. Boy, that's a that's a great thing to say. I'm going to say it and act like you didn't make it up. That's totally fine. Uh, but, but, but Sid might be the best five-on-five player ever if you go goal line to goal line. <laughs> Nobody that's, that's plays a- goal line to goal line like Sidney Crosby. And he'd like, totally- that, he'd like that better than the best grinder ever. He doesn't like that. I totally support that. Real quick question, um, and it might be a bad question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. I always thought Yager had like, the strongest like lower body I've ever seen. In in his prime, is, do you think his lower body stronger than Sid's, or is Sid stronger? No, Sid's is stronger. 
Okay. They both have a big ass, though. If you like a big ass, they're your guys. What movie was that from? Uh, somebody help me out. Russell Crowe, Denzel, not not the lineman. Denzel, oh, American Gangster. Because the one, Russell Crowe's recruiting his team to, you know, bust the uh, crooked cops with drug trafficking. And uh, one of the cops is out on the dance floor with a, a woman, shall we say, of ample booty. And the guy uh, talking to Russell Crowe, who's like kind of the, the leader of the recruiting of this team, goes, they're so-and-so. Loves a big ass. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. Ask me anything you like about anything you like. It's the Mark Madden Show. Now 412-333-WXDX. I'm thinking of going to Upper St. Clair and Mount Lebanon High School football after the show. See Jim Render. And a great rivalry game. You know, it, it's a shame that that's not a conference game anymore. That used to be one of the biggest rivalries in high school football. And maybe in some ways it still is. But uh, I covered high school football for a long time. I enjoy the occasional high school football game to this day. But now it's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. This is Selena Gomez, and you're listening to Mark Madden, the super genius, on 105.9 The X. Time now to ask Mark anything, brought to you by... Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's very best seafood and chop house. So go to Chapino's in the strip and get that super genius burger, which I don't do nearly enough. Uh, let's go to Steve in Oakland. Steve, ask Mark anything. What up, Mark? What up, man? Hey, I was just wondering if your ears are still ringing when Tank Abbott knocked that headset off your head back in the day. Yeah, we rehearsed that. Uh, do you, you know it's fake, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. It looked, he okay. made it look really real. So he didn't really kick my ass. We rehearsed it, and Tank, uh, being the guy, quote-unquote, dishing out the punishment, took great care to protect me. And I got an extra th- uh, $3,000 for doing it. Now, have you ever gotten an extra $3,000 for a seven-minute span of your life? No, I haven't. Wish. And you won't. Believe me when I tell you. You just won't. Let's go to Justin and Shaler. Justin, ask Mark anything. What's up, Mark? What up, man? Now, now that the Pirates are out of uh, out of baseball this year, who you got winning the World Series, and who you got coming out? Well, of right, because I had the Pirates until they were mathematically eliminated. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know what? It's tough to predict the World Series winner now because there are so many layers of playoffs. It used to be right. there was you know just the World Series, then there was the World Series and the League Championship Series. Then there's the World Series, the League Championship Series, and the Division Series. Now there's the World Series, League Championship Series, Division Series, and Wild Card Round. So it's really tough to predict who's going to survive three, or if it's a Wild Card, four layers of playoffs. Boston's obviously the best team. They won, what, 115 games, something like that? Something ridiculous like that, yeah. The funny thing is, you know, with New York, the records don't mean anything. I hate that rivalry, but it is a rivalry. And I think they played 19 times this year, and Boston won 10. So I think if Boston's going to lose, it'll be in this series. I think if they win this, they win the World Series. Then again, I can't count out the Astros pitching. One thing I feel very comfortable in saying is whoever wins the American League wins the World Series. I hope Milwaukee makes the World Series, though. That Yelich kid should be unanimous National League MVP. And... uh that would kind of stick it up the Pirates' ass. For me, it would because the Pirates had the chance to do what Milwaukee did. 
to take a homegrown nucleus and augment it with a couple trades or signings, and instead the Pirates dismantled that 2015 team. The Brewers did what you're supposed to do. They're reaping the rewards. I hope they reap as many as possible. And if I'm rooting for a team to win the World Series, it is Milwaukee. Let's go to uh, Ryan on Route 79. Ryan, ask Mark anything. Double M, what up? What up? Hey, just curious on your thoughts of inline hockey. I think it's great. Awesome, me too. You should get a team in my inline hockey tournament. Do you play for a team? Uh, no, I coach my kids, though. My kids play. Where do they play? Uh, Seneca Valley. High school? Uh, yeah. Email me. Uh, I'll send you my tournament know. information. Uh, will do, man. It's for young and old. Come one, come all. Super genius at WXDX.com. Let's go to Joe in the car. Joe, ask Mark anything. Good day, Mr. Madden. I said good day. Hey, I'm on my way out to Vegas, and I'm wondering what you think about the fight this weekend, McGregor, Khabib. Oh, where's that at? I'd like to go to one of those sometime. It's out in Vegas. I know, but what what venue? There's like a dozen of them. Uh, I'm sorry, it's a T-Mobile arena. Okay, I, I've been there and will be there again before long, no doubt. Uh, you see, I'm I was not really fa- hoping the Knights were going to be in town, but they I'm not really. Well, night. they can't play at the same time as the McGregor fight. It's only one one surface at T-Mobile. But uh, let me ask you, why is this fight a big deal? Is it because McGregor is making a comeback to UFC, or is it because this guy could beat him? I don't know. I'm I'm thinking he's gonna beat him. To be honest with you, I don't know how. You why? Because McGregor's had such a layoff from the octagon. Yeah, that's why I think he's gonna beat him. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna go to cheerleaders tomorrow night and watch it. I figured you would. Oh, don't. <laughs> no, I just want to watch it. But uh, believe me, my strip club days are closer to the end than even the the middle. But uh, I'm curious about the fight. McGregor's the kind of guy who gets you to go to a strip bar and and watch a UFC fight. I would like to see a McGregor fight in person. I think the atmosphere there is probably overwhelming. Let's go to Tommy on the road. Tommy, ask Mark anything. Hey, Double M. Could you share with us your thoughts on Thanksgiving dinner? Like, do you have any traditions or special foods? Well, like? uh, since, my, since I have no family left, I go to Boston Market, and I get takeout food for home, and I get... Uh, Dutch apple pie, giant eagle, and that's pretty much it. But I love Thanksgiving. I love the food. I love the holiday. I love, uh, I know Gitgo has that new sandwich, the Pilgrim. It's like Thanksgiving dinner on a hoagie bun. And I've had that, and it's very good. They ripped off the Bobby. The Bobby's the the same sandwich at Capriotti's in Las Vegas. Uh, Out west, I should say, but I go to Capriotti's in Las Vegas. But it's uh, it's very good. But I I like Thanksgiving. Anytime I get a day off. Like, I like the holidays where you can't work. Like, Saturday and Sunday, there's work to be done. I get extra jobs. I, you know, get ahead of my, you know, I get in front of my skis for work the next week. But, like, Christmas, nobody wants you to work on Christmas. Thanksgiving, same thing. Christmas Eve. Now, now the one disclaimer is sometimes if there's a Steeler game on a holiday, then you got to do what you got to do. Let's go to... uh. Keezy in Bethel Park. Keezy, ask Mark anything. Mark, what up? What's going on? Nothing. You, do you hold any patents or trademarks? Uh, yes, I have a patent on Sports Talk Excellence in Pittsburgh for 22 years. Not bad. Yeah. I would say it hasn't made me any money, but actually it's made me 
a ton of money. By the way, if you didn't hear the top of the show, the radio ratings for the month of September are in, and I am number one among men 18 to 49, tied with DVE for number one among men 25 to 54. I said that on Twitter. People said, what about women? Don't you care about women? No, I don't. Because uh, the target demographics for sports talk are men. And advertisers buy advertising based on what you do to get male listeners. So uh, I those are the demographics I have to shoot for. I will not like social justice and the pursuit thereof interfere with my pursuit of filthy lucre. So uh, I am the best guy, and I want to say this very clearly, I'm the best guy to ever do this in Pittsburgh, ever. I dwarf Myron. That's a funny choice of words because he was a dwarf. I have a lot of respect for Stan, but I'm number one. Number one, numero uno head honcho, the big cheese. And it'll end someday. I don't think it's going to end anytime soon, though. I'd love to die when I'm number one, although I do want to. I haven't talked to him about this yet either. I haven't yet asked Sid if he's lit. I need to find out if Sid is lit. Lit AF. He was last night, fundamentally. And Sid said he's going to play through 2025. He will. His career will probably outlive me. I said when Sid, I, he wouldn't remember this. But uh, I remember in one of Sid's first appearances on this show, I said, I hope I live long enough to see your whole career. And I actually do doubt it now. I think I'll live long enough to see Phil's career, Phil's whole career. And that's good enough, right? Like I've often said, all things being equal, I'm going to root for the guy who looks the most like me. Oh, my God, I almost forgot about Sunday. I'm at the Gateway Clipper Dock for the Steeler pregame here on the X, 10.30 till 12.30, 11.30, on the computer, on NBC, Liverpool Man City. Come on, you Reds! Come on, you Reds! 105.9 The X.